All eyes are on export and inflation figures from the US and Chinese economies over the next three days. They're expected to show vastly different results, with the risk of outright deflation in China and more signs of slowing global trade. China is facing a deficiency in demand. That's coming up in our five things in less than five minutes. And then in our deep dive, we find out more about how that deficiency in demand from Chinese consumers is hitting New Zealand's rural economy. So it's certainly going to be a really tough season for farmers ahead. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, Head of Asia Research, Kun Go, is looking ahead to figures from China's exports and imports in July later today for early signs on how the world's factory is humming or not. We are forecasting an almost 10% year-on-year decline in China's exports for July. Now, this is consistent with the weakening trend in exports that we're seeing not just in China, but throughout the rest of the region as well. Partly is because of weakness in the global economy, obviously. And as supply chain disruptions have eased off, the strong boost that we've seen in demand from late last year is starting to ease off. Number two, Australia's economy is coming off the boil, as the RBA is hoping. But it's taking its time in the jobs market. ANZ Indeed's Job Ads Index for July actually bounced. 0.4% in the month of July, which was the biggest improvement since January. But ANZ's senior economist in Australia, Adelaide Timbrell, says it's more likely a blip and the jobs market is weakening in line with what the RBA expects after 400 basis points of hikes. The trend for job ads has actually been falling for almost a year. Unemployment has stayed low despite that, but its time is coming too. The labour market has been incredibly resilient in recent months, and while we don't expect the unemployment rate to skyrocket, we do think that the period of time in which the unemployment rate stays at 3.5 is likely coming to an end very soon. Number three, Kungo is also keeping a close eye on Chinese consumer price inflation figures due tomorrow. He actually sees 0.4% deflation in China's CPI index from a year ago. While you can take that as a negative, the connotation of deflation tends to be negatively taken. The flip side of that is that other countries are finding it cheaper to purchase goods from China. So that's actually helping other countries to bring down their inflation rate, particularly countries like the US and Europe, for example, which had previously been grappling with very high inflation. This importing of deflation from China is actually helping their economies right now. Number four. But it is China's producer price inflation data on Wednesday that Kuhn is watching most closely for signs China's slowing economy is exporting deflation. Kuhn sees PPI deflation of 4.2% in July, and it's been falling since October. Number five, there was a hawkish tone coming out of the United States overnight, which dragged on bond markets. US Federal Reserve Governor Michelle Bowman said further rate hikes might be needed. The US 10-year Treasury bond yield nudged up two basis points overnight to 4.08%. Time now for our deep dive, where we go into the fallout from weak Chinese consumer demand on some commodity exporters in the Asia-Pacific region, including wholesale dairy prices. 
Now, they're down 10% in the last three months. And on Friday, Fonterra, which is New Zealand's biggest exporter, sent shockwaves into the rural economy by slashing its milk payout forecast for the season that's just started by a dollar a kilogram to $7 a kilogram. My colleague, Catherine Dyer, talked with ANZ's agriculture economist, Susan Kilsby, in New Zealand about why prices are falling. Fonterra downgraded its forecast for Farmgate milk prices on Friday. What led to that? So what we've seen over the last few months is just really weak demand um, for dairy products in our international markets, um, and particularly particularly being led by weaker demand than normal from, from China. Um, so China is by far the world's largest importer of dairy products, um, importing about as much as the next eight largest dairy importing countries put together. So it, it is a, certainly a significant part of, of the market. Um, and while New Zealand does export to you know a, a huge number of different countries, you know China is is by far the largest market. Um, and therefore, when we're not seeing this you know as strong a demand from that market, it is reflected in commodity prices. And we have seen this continual fall in commodity prices um, as as we've seen through the global dairy trade events. And as yet, there seems to be sort of no end in this in the softness in the market. Hence, why we've seen a bigger than expected downwards revision of that farm gate milk price from Frontera for the for the season ahead for our farmers. Is there anything in particular that's driving that reduction in demand in China, or is it just part of the bigger? Picture. Now, so what's happening in China at the moment is that we're seeing just sort of a lack of confidence amongst consumers. So consumer demand has been, um, consumer confidence got hit quite hard um, through, the, through the lockdown periods and, um, and also the impact of their um, property market sort of not doing as well as what was doing previously. So that's really impacted how um, people feel about their wealth. And so what we're seeing is is, um, a lot of Chinese consumers are saving money rather than spending it um, and certainly not spending as much on on luxury end type goods, which is where a lot of our dairy products do fall into. So, yeah, we're just seeing that period of soft demand. The other sort of impact on the China market is their own domestic milk production or the amount of product in stock has, has also risen. So there's been a little bit of growth in, in China's own, own milk production. Um, and then through the lockdown periods, their demand was weaker. So they've ended up drying down a lot of a larger proportion of milk than what they would normally do um, into goods like whole milk powder and skim milk powder, which is what we export to that market. They are still buying product, just not at the, the volumes that we've seen previously and certainly not at strong enough volumes to, to push prices back up from, from the low levels we're seeing now. And what does all this mean for farmers in terms of their break-even points in New Zealand? Yeah, so it's certainly going to be a really tough season for farmers ahead. Um, I mean, break-even points do vary from from farm to farm, but generally, you know, a $7 milk price will be about a dollar per kilo milk solids below the break-even point for, for sort of your average farmer. But, you know, that will vary very considerably, but certainly a tough season. They will be doing all they can to try and pull back spending where where they can to try and diminish that deficit that the, a lot of them will be facing this season. What we have seen in some seasons is that we've seen the revisions to the milk prices happen later in the season when a lot of the spending has already happened and there's been limited ability to adjust um, production systems. 
This year, the only upside of this is we're seeing this revision very early in the season. So before a lot of the expenditure is completely locked in. And so it does give farmers a little bit of a chance to adjust some things, but it'll certainly be um, a tougher season trying to get any product to last a bit longer, not replacing capital items, pulling back or being very careful on, on how much additional feed is put into the system and using that, making sure there's no wastage through the system. And certainly um, in some places we're seeing, you know, reduction in labour units, which is also putting pressure on the remaining workers. So, yeah, absolutely doing everything they can to try and diminish some of those costs if they can. But a lot will be facing a loss this season. So what does that mean for New Zealand's rural economy? Yeah, so it certainly has flow on effects for for our rural economies, particularly our smaller towns, which are very reliant on that spending that's coming from the farms that it, it, it basically um, provides the liquidity and the spending that, that really fuels everything that's happening in towns, whether it be local plumbers or electricians or restaurants or or everything all get impacted when we see these downturns. It, it's not felt as, as directly in the bigger cities, but it certainly has an impact. And so we're not, not, in, a, not in a great position at the moment. ANZ's NZ Agricultural Economist Susan Killsby there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, August 8. Catch us tomorrow where we'll find out how those Chinese exports went. This podcast was recorded for publication on behalf of ANZ. All associated disclosures and disclaimers can be viewed using the link in your media player or the ANZ website through which you access this podcast. All care has been taken to report the views of ANZ Research in the creation of this podcast, but as an independent host, any differing interpretations are strictly mine and not ANZ's. Feel free to contact your ANZ point of contact with any questions.